Good morning, church. Normally, I would say it's good to see you, but this certainly is not the case today as I am in an empty room with only Caleb standing before me. And I was hoping that these days of, of preaching to an empty room, I was hoping that these days were behind us. You could probably figure out what is going on in the Sykes household right now since I'm not here and you are watching this video. Many of you have been texting and checking on Amanda. We appreciate that. Uh, she's still sick. Uh, she's been to the doctor a few times now. No real answers as to what's causing her symptoms. Uh, we do have another couple of doctor's appointments that we've got to get her into in the coming weeks and praying for some answers uh, with that. So I ask you also to keep praying for her. Uh, on top of that, Stella unfortunately tested positive for COVID on Friday night. And so with that, we just thought it was best if the Sykes's stay away for at least this Sunday. So as we get into the service today, make sure you have your communion packets. Uh, we're going to use this as part of our response time in just a few moments. We are now, if you're doing the math and you're counting, we are now 29 Sundays into the year. And we are 24 weeks into this journey of becoming like Jesus. Now this journey isn't something that we're dedicated to for a year. This is actually a lifelong journey that, that truthfully, it's full of setbacks. It, it, it's full of plateaus, and it's hopefully full of growth moments. To become like Jesus, we know that we must do the things that he did the way he did them. So we look at the characteristics that shape the man who walked the earth for 33 years. And I'm excited to tell you that in a, in a couple of weeks, once August and school starts back, we're going to shift our focus a little bit, and we're going to look at the habits, the day-to-day -day habits of Jesus and, and how he lived his life with other people. And so it, we're still on the journey of becoming like him, but we are going to be looking at, at some of his habits that formed his days, weeks, months, and years. But today, we revisit one of the, the traits of Jesus that we've already talked about once, and that is encouragement. Jesus certainly knew how to encourage other people. Now, if you think about the, the grand scheme of things, encouragement comes in three common methods. And I know we could expand upon that a little bit, but for most of us, encouragement comes in three different methods. Number one, it's with our words. Uh, just driving over here, I received a text message from Brittany Brown asking about the Sykes's and, and how we were doing if we needed anything. Those words were super encouraging. Uh, another way that we encourage is through our actions. The third thing, being together, being present with one another. And Jesus modeled all three of those in his ministry. He definitely used his words, didn't he? They were always full of grace and truth. He spoke with love. Sometimes it was harsh or it was received in a harsh manner. But Jesus was always using his words to speak truth and life into people. His actions of healing and forgiving are forms of encouragement. And we know that as he traveled, he spent intentional time every day with his disciples but he also made sure that he was present in their lives. And I think of examples like Peter when, her, when his mother-in-law was sick. 
Jesus didn't just tell Peter, hey, you go and you handle that, and when you take care of her, come back to us, we're, we're, we're waiting on you. No, no, Jesus was present. He, he went there with Peter, and, and he helped as part of the healing process. Being together is one way we encourage others. That's why your church attendance is important for this very reason. It's the gathering of saints, and it doesn't matter if you come bowling, rolling in, you know, the last minutes before church, if you're getting here at nine o'clock to practice, when you're here and, and you're gathered together with like-minded believers, it's a form of encouragement to one another. And so today, we're going to focus on a specific action that is encouraging. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to reference this, and we're going to read a story that talks about, of all things, generosity. But it was encouragement that came from that to others, and we talk about somebody that was known as an encourager. In two weeks, we're actually going to revisit being generous, and what that looks like as we become like Jesus. And we're going to use the same story, and we're going to, we're going to dive deep into this story then. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 32. I'm going to read through 37. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were given their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many were owners of, of lands or houses, sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, there's a little trivia. I want, want to uh, challenge you to reread verses 35, 36, and 37 and, and, and see, dig into the Old Testament history of what is actually wrong with, uh, with this particular situation as it pertains to Barnabas. All right? I'll, I'll reveal it to you in a couple of weeks if you don't get the answer, but there's... There's something very interesting about that statement uh, that he sold land and brought the money to the apostles' feet. So anyway, back to the topic. We're going to use this passage, as, as I said, in two weeks to talk a little more about the act of being generous because there's, there's a lot in here uh, that really speaks to, to my life and to the life of our congregation. Now, I do want to say this real quick uh, is in terms of generous and being generous. There's a direct correlation between giving to others and encouragement. Now, we're going to focus on Barnabas, this guy who was known as the encourager. But think through this as you think about generosity. There, there's a direct correlation between giving to others and encouragement. See, when you give to someone, it shows that you care. All right, that's certainly encouraging. When you give... It shows you believe in the person or the cause. And when you give, it also shows others that, that you live for something other than yourself. And this is certainly the case with this guy 
who we find out his name is Joseph, or as the apostles have nicknamed him, Barnabas, which means encourager. Verse 36 is our introduction to Barnabas in the book of Acts. And what a story in just these two verses. He owned some land on the island of, of Cyprus, which is about 250 miles away. And he was willing to sell the land, and he was willing to give all the money from that to the apostles to do whatever they needed to to serve the people. That's what we know about this guy. But here's the thing about Barnabas. In God's economy, there is something else that generosity does. It, it prepares us for an even bigger, more important mission. If generosity with materialism is something that you struggle with, then you're going to certainly struggle with the greater mission that God desires for all of us. And again, we'll, we'll cover that in a couple of weeks. I don't believe this one act of selling some property and giving, uh, laying the money at the apostles' feet, I certainly don't think this one act of generosity is why Joseph earned the nickname Encourager. If you study the book of Acts, he's actually mentioned some translations 23 times, other translations 29 times in the book of Acts. One of his greatest acts of encouragement to the apostles isn't the laying down the money at their feet. But one of the, the greatest acts of encouragement comes in chapter 9, where he goes before the apostles and he vouches for this man named Saul, who had this reputation for killing Christians. And he said, no, 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 this guy has been converted. This guy is now one of us, and, and I've seen it and heard it with my own eyes and ears how boldly he preaches the name of Jesus. Barnabas then was the main disciple maker to Saul, who would become Paul, who would go on to write over half the New Testament. I, I know that Barnabas isn't the first person mentioned. It's, it's a... It's another guy in Damascus, Ananias, right? But Barnabas historically is the guy that spent the most time with Paul before he ever went on his first mission trip. The, the second thing that I know that Barnabas did to earn this name, son or encourager, happened in chapter 15 of Acts when Paul and Barnabas have now been together for a couple of years and they plan on revisiting some of the churches that they've already been to. And they have this disagreement over who to take. Barnabas wants to take Mark with them. Paul doesn't want to. Paul wants to take Silas. And they actually get into a disagreement. And, and, and Paul's beef with Mark is that, hey, he went with us on another trip and he abandoned us. He left us here, so why would we trust him? Why, why, why would we take him with us? But Barnabas knew something that, that Paul didn't know at the time. And Barnabas was, was willing to take Mark. He was willing to give Mark a second chance. And so Barnabas goes one direction with Mark, and Paul takes Silas, and they go off into another. Barnabas 
this guy that we know very little about really is known as the encourager because he was generous with his earthly possessions. He was bold, willing to vouch for Saul, willing to say kind words on his behalf, willing to disciple this guy with a wretched reputation. And he was willing to give Mark a second chance. So how do we respond to this today? I mean, we're trying to become like Jesus and Barnabas lived this out. He had the nickname of encourager. So let me ask you some questions. Who is someone in your world that can use some encouragement from your generosity? I had two people reach out to me this week needing some help. In a, in a low spot. Hey, can the church help me? You have these people in your life too. Or who is someone who could use some kind words on their behalf? Who's someone that's just, they're not feeling good about themselves right now. Who's someone that struggles with, with some self-esteem? Maybe their confidence is really low right now. Maybe they're hurting in some ways. Who could use some kind words? Or who is someone in your life that just needs a second chance? Maybe they messed up a time or two. But is there someone in your life that needs a second chance? So as we go into a, a time of communion, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to pull out your, your packets. Go ahead and open them up and make sure you, you get the, the bread portion first. I want you to think through this, these questions. Who's someone that could use some generosity? I'm telling you right now, if they're down on their luck and things aren't going their way, your small, generous act can be all the encouragement that they need. Or who is someone that could use these kind words? Who is someone that needs a second chance. As we hold the bread in our hand, as we hold the, the, the small chalice of juice in our other hand, think through what Jesus did on the cross for you and I. We're becoming like Jesus, and one of these traits is that Jesus was an encourager. As a matter of fact, he was the master encourager. He has been generous to you and I. All that we have comes from him. He is standing before God, saying kind words on our behalf as we turn our back on him and sin. And he is certainly giving us second chances over and over again. So as we take these emblems this morning, let's think of the ways that Jesus modeled encouragement for us and let us live that out with someone else in our lives. Father God, we thank you for dying on the cross. We thank you for your son who sent, who 
who came here for that very purpose. He loved us so much that he's willing to lay down his life for us. And we thank you for the encouragement that we see in the life of Jesus. God, if we're not encouraged by what he did on the cross, then I, I just don't know what's wrong with us. So I pray that right now we, we think through this. We think through how Jesus has modeled encouragement, being an encourager to, 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 to me and to our LifeBridge family. God, thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for redeeming me. God, I pray that as we walk out of this room today, God, we're, we're willing to encourage as Barnabas did. We pray these things in your son's holy name. All right, church, Sykes family loves you. We hate that we couldn't be here. Praying that we'll be back together as a family next week. Have a great week.